Welcome to Bonehead Weekly, and today we are honored not only with our returning champion, Mick Strawn, but it's about time that I get somebody I've wanted on this show for the last couple of years. Nick Benson, thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you at Scarefest. Why the fuck <laughs> that hammer, Mick? If you're listening to us, it's Mick, it's you know what's funny about that hammer is it's a little short in the handle. It's, <laughs> it's, it is a little short in the handle. This, this uh, you know that, what that is that is definitely Mick's hammer. <laughs> it's a little short in the handle. <laughs> This is this is what getting old is like. This is as much handle. This is as much hammer as I can handle right now. <laughs> not, he's right. Why does why is okay? Other than genetics, why is that handle so short? You know what? I have I have no idea. It used to be a full hamel, hamel, hamel. It used oh, to be it? a full. Oh, it was used it? to be a full hammer. I I have no idea. It's not and in Mick the best. Used to play with a full deck too. I was gonna say. <laughs> You know what getting you know what getting old is is like this is like I have I still have a a, a, a construction staple gun out out in my garage yeah that that is like it's the only ones. this big now yes because <laughs> he's using he's using a no, ball like just, a hammer just, just, just my hammer just my hammers are getting shorter no no it, it's like you go out and you go out to pick it up and it weighs like twenty five pounds right you know and you go well that's what I used when I was a kid. <laughs> And and then if somebody would, were to give me a modern one, I I like went to Home Depot and, and looked at I was just looking at the modern ones, and you reach out to grab it and it floats up in the air. <laughs> it slowly comes back down to the ground and settles nicely into your hand, and you go, "Yeah, I'm fucking old." <laughs> and with that, this has been Bonehead Weekly. Thank you all so much. Mick has a short hammer. Now, hey. I was just, I haven't told the other two. We we had something planned for our Thanksgiving episode, but boys, this really ought to be, this ought to come out Thanksgiving weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> this one here, this is the one we should be. I mean, yeah, well. I always make sure that our, our Thanksgiving episode involves some sort of tool. So I think we've met the requirement. I think we're good. This obviously. <laughs> and a turkey. Hey, well, wait. Well, mix a jar of turkey so it are works. You, are you calling me a tool? <laughs> Wow, you know what? Not in so many words. <laughs> hey, well, it's good to hear that I'm not the only turkey in the room. Yeah, well, I hope we all get stuffed. Nick Benson, I want to turn my attention to you for a second because I have asked this question to Mick, and he's never really given me given me a great answer. But what was what bit you? Why did you go to Hollywood to live your dream and work in the movies? What was the movie? What was it? What was? Why were you nerdy when you were a kid? Well, that's actually a pretty broad question because I was a monster kid for okay. years. My mother worked for Universal and I, you know, I had access to that stuff long before I got into it. What did your mom do at Universal? Um, she was uh she was an executive actually in charge of moving all of the production onto the onto the lot, giving them their offices and you know, um setting all the production up. <clears throat> oh, that sounds that, that's an interesting job. It's a good yeah. gig. Yeah, it was cool. She'd give me her golf cart. I had carte blanche on the on the lot. <laughs> I'd steal her golf cart and just go wherever the hell I wanted. So that's how you got in. So you weren't necessarily into movies as much as you were just basically dropped into movies. Well, with the effects side of it, I I kind of fell into that. That was more accidental than on purpose. It was, uh, gosh, it was late nineteen eighty six or seven. I think seven. 
87, summer of 87, I moved in with uh, this guy named Sean Brennan. Hang on, my light's freaking out here. Let me fix my light. Okay, I thought I was having a stroke. Yeah, it looks like it's having a stroke. That's You're for having sure. A stroke. <laughs> so, yeah, so in, in 87, um, I was in a band uh, with this guy, and um, his roommates were Kevin Brennan and, and um, Steve Johnson. Yeah. And I was looking for a place to live and he happened to have an extra room. And I was not aware of who the roommates were at all. I was just like, oh, cool. Place to live in Burbank. I'm going. (laughs) So, you know, I move in and uh, obviously enamored by who who the roommates were. Um, Talked to Steve a lot. I wanted to do really theatrical things with the band and and, uh, started, you know, bouncing ideas off of him and just, you know, I bugged him long enough where he just said, well, why don't you just come make rubber monsters? forget about the music and come make rubber monsters so that's what i did and the rest is history now before we move on to this i'm curious now you're in your mom's golf cart going all over that universal back lot Mm -hmm. what movies or shows do you remember distinctly sneaking on watching being made that just left an impact there's got to i actually didn't give a shit about the productions going on i wanted to go to alfred hitchcock's (laughs) office i wanted to go i wanted to go to uh the monster house I wanted to go, you know, like run across the guys, you know, putting the makeup on to walk around the park. That was more interesting to me than than the productions. I didn't really pay attention to the productions. Well, did you sneak into Hitchcock's office? <laughs> um, no, I didn't have to. I got in there. My mom was moving some people in there <laughs> one time and I got to go in there and it was pretty cool. So you, you have to understand that it, Hall, Hall, actually working in the movies there, there is no respect to the history yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, absolutely not. You know, I, <laughs> you would just uh, like being in the prop houses and stuff and just going to, and literally being able to uh, rent rank. I rented uh, most of the stuff from uh, Frankenstein's monster, uh-huh. right. That was at, was still at universal. Oh and, yeah. Gathering dust in the corners. You you have to understand is you it's just there and you just use it. All right? that stuff is just property. They just it, use it. it. It's just it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you I need mean, a castle? There's one yeah, that yeah. happens to be here since 1947. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what it's like. It's <laughs> the fucking weirdest thing. It really is. When Nick just mentioned that he got he was trying to get on the Mockingbird Lane to see the Munsters house, I'm like, oh God, tell me that story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was easy. It's it's I don't know if you've ever it's been there, there, but it's I've been just to a Warner, series I've been to, of streets on the Warner back lot. lot yeah i've been but, to the warner brothers lot and i was like i was i was i mean i'm in my four i was late 30s yeah. and i'm like oh my god this is amazing oh my god i know where that church is i know what movie that church was in that's the church yeah, yeah it like, had so much more impact when it was still the monster's house now it's just the fucking and it's ugly now yeah and the thing is is all this st- shit gets changed all the time and it doesn't matter i mean it just yeah now it, it's wisteria it, lane from the yeah, fucking whatever that yeah and we change and we change stuff all the time and you, and it, it, it it's really such it, it's so weird because you you don't you know once you're on the lot for a couple of times you you don't even think i remember when i used to go to the lot all the time and every motherfucking nook and cranny you you would go to the you would go to universal in particular you would go to universal and every nook and cranny would have a car that was either a kit car or a, it was either a <laughs> jammed kit in car a corner 
<laughs> what was the other one? Was or was it General Lee? <clears throat> right? They were everywhere. Yeah, there were guys doing bad Bondo jobs in every corner of it, uh, and especially when the two of them were running concurrently together. I mean, those cars every. You know, if there was a parking spot that was left open for about 10 minutes, there'd yep. be a general Lee there. <laughs> yep. I also, and, and, and to add to that, like I, re, I'll, I'll give you a little, a little example of that. Oh, yeah. uh, I would drive by, there was a, a big Quonset hut that they kept a lot of stuff in. And right outside, that's a dirt lot that's full of cars. And I remember driving by it several times and the the car from the movie, The Car, mm -hmm. was parked out there. I bugged my mother for probably two or three years that I wanted that car. <laughs> She's like, why do you want a car that's supposed to be demon possessed? And I'm like, because it'd be awesome. Because why wouldn't you? Because I want to drive it to school. That's why. Because you just <laughs> answered your question when you yeah. asked the question. <laughs> There's, there was just two because no one at school will fuck with me that's why it's true it's so true well, so mick has talked about this before right mick and i'm curious because mick's talked about all the shit that you've just thrown out over the years i mean you'd finish nightmare oh, oh yeah oh my god nightmare, and just the dumb i'll tell you what if either one of us i'm sure even mick will attest to this if either one of us had a clue what that shit was worth today See, that's, we would that's have so really much is. of that stuff <laughs> around because you don't know what it's like to be in the middle of all that i mean that's you know a nightmare because yesterday's shit is yesterday's shit you know i mean it's it's just it's just <clears throat> utterly in fact it you have to understand that all that all that stuff is Takes a up problem real estate it's a problem because you, you begin to think this way. You begin to think that that's a square foot that I could put something right, that you can use that I'm working on now on. And well, that was it. That was a thing. Like we would, we would go through like at the end of a show and, cost and get ready for the next one. And we'd have all these molds on a shelf, you know? And it was like, if they don't come pick them up, we would destroy them and throw them in the trash. See, oh. and the other thing is, is this, you would think you would think, that these days you could set them on the street and they would be gone. Right. right? I, I mean, but back then in LA, nobody cared. Nobody cared. And, and, and like it, it, it's like as a set decorator, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't even call, you couldn't even call the Salvation Army and have them take stuff off of a set because no. they wouldn't come. They would say, no way. <laughs> we are, <laughs> we're pickier than that. And, 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 and and it's just too much. It's too much stuff. It just becomes shit. This is why I am like kind of an anti-collector. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just that 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 years and years and years of dealing with shit and trying to get rid of it still in my mind. And I've told you this before. Still in my mind, I can see that clawed locker. <laughs> so so for, it, for nightmare just walking by. <laughs> so what you're telling me, Mick, is the Salvation Army. You would call them up and they say, well, we want to help the poor, but not that much. That's they, they were overwhelmed. First of all, first of all, you would have to take it to them. And here's yeah. the here was the catch, though. You'd have to take it to them, and then they would come out and go through it and and say, Well, we'll take this and that and that. And the process of them going through it would cost you money. Yeah. Because because otherwise you could just take it to the dump and you could pay, you know, 
twenty dollars a ton, and 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 it and it was gone. And there are days that you could go to the dump, that you could go to like come of the one of the dumps up up in the valley, and and, and there would just be set after set after set after set in a yeah. row. Just I just, I, I just picture the your argument with the Salvation Army. What do you mean you don't want this bucket of fake de- uh, fake severed arms? <laughs> right. Think yeah, about how the kids could Dirk play Dinkler's with dog. Dirk Diggler's dog. Hey, now, there's anybody here that can wear that. Yeah, I say in all fairness, I'm pretty sure in the right place somewhere near LA, you could have sold that particular item. <laughs> Probably. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, the place that you would sell it, they'd have about six of them already. Yeah. Those guys were all in the valley, and they had warehouses full of shit for making porn. Well, and you got to <laughs> think too. You got to think too. The people that would have bought that, they have people on on call that don't need that accessory. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It, it was the valley it was the valley too you know yeah. well also too like you're talking about getting rid of things i mean the movie memorabilia just was not a really a huge thing back then if i'm if i'm remembering correctly i mean it was just kind of well even movie- not in la i mean i would imagine over there even i was gonna say i was i was just gonna say that i was just in, in say, la even- it's like it's just on to the next on to the next on right the next. it's on to the- moving see- on to the next show moving on to the next film yeah. just get rid of this shit get well, it out yeah. of there it's and, really and, and, we it, don't need to take it up and it's that I, i'm telling you it was that way all the way up until 2013 i mean right. i didn't even know I literally had people get a hold. When I first got onto Facebook in around 2013. I think I was on in 2009, but but I hadn't even looked at the fucking thing until two, 2013 or 2014. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. What are you talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 3 for? That was done. We did that. Yeah. You know, 20, 25 years ago, you know? Well, and, yeah, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I was talking to Kevin Reader recently, and that's that's a guy I used to work with a lot. Kevin Kevin did all the suits uh, for the movie Leviathan for Stan Winston. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah. Dive suits. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, those he, are amazing. Yeah, he built all those. And, and <laughs> he built all of them at his own shop because Stan did not want them in his shop. They were too big. <laughs> So, so Kevin, Kevin was like, he called Stan when they were done filming. He's like, do you want these suits or what do you want to do? And he's he's like, I got to get them out of my, out of my shop. And uh, Stan was like, I don't want them. They're too fucking big. I don't want nothing to do with them. So Kevin hacked them all up with a a saw, sawzall and they were thrown in a dumpster. Yeah. Uh, It's really funny. I was talking to R.A. Milhoff the other day, the Leatherface from yeah from from leatherface right yeah from leatherface you know all right yeah yeah, the leatherface guy from leatherface yeah right exactly (laughs) and he and he was telling the same story you mean leatherface from a river runs through it (laughs) no from no no the other one (laughs) sorry (laughs) he says he's going yeah no you are complete assholes to each other (laughs) so i i uh he's for years, I, I've said, you know, that I went down and I changed the mask and and that in order to get into uh, K&B's shop, uh, they had all the buffalo from. Um, oh, God, I did those, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, all, all the buffalo for, uh, for Dances with Wolves. Yeah, Dances and with those, Wolves. Those were my and, big goddamn molds. <laughs> and I got to tell you, the thing is, is these fucking buffalo were every as you drove up they to the shop tell me that as, as you drove up to the shop uh anywhere that anybody had moved their car 
it just stacked and fall of buffalo. More buffalo. I mean, more had, buffalo. You went, you you went. So you had to weave in. So I'm going into the office, and literally, as you open, as you open the door to the shop, right? You, it's just nothing but buffalo asses in your face, right? And you're, and you had to like kind of like go between them, and it, and then there's a table kind of in the middle of the shop, and and. And it literally looked like the Buffalo were sitting around it. We're having a meeting. So when you came into the shop, is that how they got the idea for that, that uh, Ace Ventura gag? Exactly. Oh, same thing. <laughs> oh, look, Mick's coming out of his ass. <laughs> oh, look, Mick's coming out of his ass. <laughs> so uh, when I got in there, our, our, uh, and I, and I changed the mask and blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, literally by cutting it apart and then taking scissors and, and cutting anything that I didn't like out of it and then dropping it back down here and saying, Hey, sew that fucker back together. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to see the, I don't want to see the stitches done in the molds, you idiots. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I, I've always told that story and, and Ari Milhoff uh, and I are hanging out and, and, uh, he started to tell the story about that. He had to go in. He had to go in and and, and get his the uh, the mold uh, a, a, a fitting for the mold for the work that they did on his face. And uh, he was saying, "Yeah," and, and and I'm not kidding. For some reason, when I got there, you could hardly even get through all the buffalo that were all around. And I go, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> He's a big guy too, so it'd be really yeah, hard for him to, to get through that shit. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been a pain in the ass, I have to tell you. <laughs> so Nick, I didn't. Were you working? Were you working on the buffalo mold? We're almost over the buffalo robes. Yeah, I actually molded and cast a lot of those. <laughs> let me let me tell you something about makeup effects people. Yeah, uh, mechanical effects people hate each other. Actually, they hate everybody. Actually, they actually hate their own parents too. Uh, that's mechanical, but that's the guys who blow things up and the guys who like do rain and shit like that. And the direct opposite of that. I hope Andre's is, not watching this. <laughs> fuck Andre. I, I gave him a start. Anyway, <laughs> hey, I can say bad things about Andre, damn it. So, uh, so the, the, the direct opposite of that is the guys who work in makeup effects because they are actually all the same person. It's just, <laughs> they they we just, all share a brain just one we pass they, it around they do just well it's, it's actually just a brain cell <laughs> and, and 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 so much respect for when, you i was gonna say when one of them drops it it's called night <laughs> so anyway anyway so the the uh they all get along with each other and so they all know each other right and 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 production designers we 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 just um we outflounce each other that's all you know we just we we don't we, we don't even recognize that that there are other production designers <laughs> well i'm curious nick do you agree with mick on that that most uh, makeup effects people like one another and get along i can't think i think can't think that far out because i only have one brain cell apparently <laughs> i can't answer that <laughs> i messaged you i said, to borrow one. <laughs> I said sunday I said, you're cool. Green. He goes, Mick's Green. coming. I was like, you oh, no, make no mistake. No, make no mistake. Mick will pay. <laughs> We're in a lot of shows together. You know, we spend a little time together. So yeah, we make do. no mistake. He yeah. will pay. Well, this was behind your back, He Mick. will pay for that remark. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, you know, 
<laughs> Nick and I were messaging and I was like, are you sure about Mick? He goes, yeah, I thought that was the plan. I was like, okay, are you sure? <laughs> and oh, then he Nick, admitted, Nick like, and my banter always makes for good show. <laughs> I am pleasantly entertained. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to do anything. Just let you two go. How, so I know you well, told the story many times. Go ahead. Well, my internet connection is unstable. So, well, and just like like your, hell, your hammer's a little space. short. Your internet connection's unstable. Your nail gun's about that big. So what else have we got? <laughs> but it weighs a lot. <laughs> By the way, Mick, how do you feel that all four of us chimed in on that comment at the exact same time? <laughs> that's wow. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what it's like to be the leader of the pack? Everybody's aiming at you all the fucking time. Let me tell you. Hey, Nick, if it makes you feel, I mean, I'm telling you, he gets when he's at Scarefest the last two years, we both get it. Are you sure he's not your uncle? Is that your son? Oh, yeah. Are no, you, really. We, we not- actually do. They, 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 they not only, not, not only do they, they think that we're related, either I'm your older brother or, or I'm your dad. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I've, well, heard all I've heard that's, all fucked up i, I, I don't that's know all right. I feel Look, more if you're gonna be it. an asshole you better be the whole ass because why do anything half-assed well, that's true <laughs> so and by the way uh mick i forgot to tell you that picture i posted of you and i in the truck when i had to go pick your ass up and bring you because of something who was the concert i have no idea i forgot now it was a country act it doesn't matter um, several people it... go ahead Several people messaged me going, oh, my God, you do look so much like your dad. I saw, yeah. yeah that, <laughs> I think it was Carrie Underwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah Carrie. Yeah. yeah, it was very hard to get out of there that day. <laughs> it was. So how did you two meet? How did you two mix meet? How did you Mick and Nick meet? Well, we, we tried to figure that out for a little while. We knew it was on Nightmare 4, but right. we figured out it might have been a little earlier because my recollection is that I kind of, stumbled into his junkyard (laughs) (laughs) while working on the blob so right right yeah Yeah, so you know the thing is 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 if you met me on a show i i had somebody do a a a, a, a imitation of me one time and i got to see it from behind the curtain and it it was it was i'm not 100 percent sure if it was um how do you say nice uh, uh but it was like this it, w- it was like oh well, oh no no look i'm gonna do mick and he and then and then he walks off i go yeah well that's yeah pretty much <laughs> it was fairly accurate I have to say. <laughs> yeah there's, there's a couple of people who do me at work and i i at first i got a little upset and then i listen i'll go no that's it's pretty dead on <laughs> I get it. I get it. So you don't remember, but you think it was on the blob. Well, I think, I think I was finishing on the blob and I remember uh, I, there's a guy named Bill Force. It's a makeup effects artist. And he, he and I used to like kind of get into trouble together. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like when we were shooting, I know when we were shooting uh, nightmare, like he was, he was going over to, we were, they were shooting road. What was it? Roadhouse across the way from us with Patrick Swayze. They were shooting Roadhouse, yeah, I think, at the same been, time. Yeah, yeah, and, and we we just got fucking pizza every day, and they had fucking lobster over there. So, so <laughs> Bill's like, "Hey, they got lobster over there. Let's go sneak over there, see if, see if they notice us." So we did. We kept going over there and getting their craft service. 
where, where were you shooting? But yeah, it's just stuff like that, you know. Like you're on on one stage, you stumble onto another, and somebody oh, yeah, else is shooting you just, something uh, else. You'll be shooting in a warehouse or on a location and somebody else, a whole other crew will be like two blocks down. And yeah, uh, shooting uh, in the blob. I think we were sharing a facility and Mick was a couple stages over from where we were. And I was just in between doing some things and getting nosy as to what was around and popped into his junkyard stage. And I was like, what's this? (laughs) And and I I always remembered him from Nightmare on Street 4 when we were on the stage, which would have been later on. Uh, because of his, uh, because you could tell where he was, no matter what, he, <laughs> he had this like. Uh, I still do. <laughs> <laughs> but but he actually sprayed it out all the time when he yeah. was on stage. It was yeah. full full sixteen inches high. Uh, Big uh, always always <laughs> always in some outrageous color, and you would hey. walk out. You'd walk out. I'd walk out of my office and go. Boom. I, I, I would wonder where the makeup effects people that were shooting that day. And I'd go right there, there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> which, which begs the question, how the hell did you sneak on the roadhouse of set and eat their lobster with that hairdo? Yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They probably yeah. thought I was an extra. <laughs> I was going to say you, you think he's the only eclectic looking one? Yeah. No. <laughs> what it is, is they probably thought he's the guy that Patrick Swayze kicks his ass to get to the bad guy. Stunned well, on the, and the funniest thing was, is like the guy I was sneaking over there with was almost a dead ringer for George Michael. So it's like <laughs> George Michael and this punk rock guy just wandered onto the set. <laughs> how did we get, you know, how did we get missed? I have no idea. Maybe they thought we were just extras or something. Well, you've got me on the point. I, the Blob remake is actually one of those movies that I feel never really gets enough credit. But I've heard crazy stories about Chuck Russell. Do you got one? <laughs> I don't have any crazy stories about Chuck Russell. <laughs> Both Mick and I are very vocal about how we feel about Chuck Russell. Oh, I've heard I've heard Mick talk a little bit about him before. I was hoping you would talk about him. <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell you what. He's not an easy director to work for. He's he's good at what he does. I don't know if it's because he motivates all of the people working for him to do what he wants, but he to me he just seems very indecisive. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I don't know. He's he's he can be very difficult. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I, I was like, oh, he's about to tell me. No, no, no. All right. Well, Mick. Yeah, I just, I don't want to get into, you know, specifics because, you know, Chuck, Chuck's older people change. <laughs> but, you know, well, he's, let's, he, he got as far face. as working for him, Mick and I don't have any, ne- really necessarily have any love for him. That's, That's a no love at all. I have to tell you, he did, he did get back, he get he got back on the Facebook for a while. I mean, it, it'll happen for about three months. And uh I, I think that uh with him. <laughs> yeah, he got such a huge flood of like um negative comments that he couldn't take it and then he jumped oh. back off again. Oh well, I'm sorry to hear that. But I mean you couldn't despise him any more than a certain director of blade. <laughs> uh, true enough. True enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, th- the thing, is, the thing is, is, uh, yeah, I like to think of it this way though. Uh, the director of blade was British 
And not only was he British, he was aristocratically British. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I have to give him a pass because he didn't go through what I call the, the Texas test. Yeah. In other words, he, he didn't grow up in an area where they uh, uh, didn't have gun laws. <laughs> and, uh, and so, therefore, he actually did get a chance to grow up and be a complete asshole, <laughs> as opposed to getting a living shit kicked out of him. <laughs> You've told me that story before about it. They would never would have made it out of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> never, never would have made it out of Texas. <laughs> I always thought that that would be a great, uh, uh, a great uh, uh, title for a book. Never would have made it out of Texas. <laughs> that would be a great title for your next book. And it's just a list of names. <laughs> just a list of names. That's all the book is. It's a list. And by the way, you all should probably go ahead and just co-author this book together. And that way you can talk about all the different people. And it's like, if you got left out of this book, it means you could have made it through Texas and we worked with you and don't hate you. That's right. <laughs> or yeah. you made literally no impression on us whatsoever. Or no impression. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I was, I, I can't remember what it was, but the, the other day I was noticing how, uh, how, uh, how as I've gotten older and, and how it, we in the business who spent any time in it at all, as you get older, you noticed how, uh, how much, how much easier the game of six degrees to Kevin Bacon gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think that's part of just life, even outside the business, just being alive, the older and, and what, what age is it that you get that? Oh, look, he's still breathing. Clap. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Post well, you, 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 you. <laughs> how many, how many people recently have you heard that have died? And we went, well, oh, it's really sad that they died, but they were still alive. They were still alive or <laughs> the, the, the of them that are your age or the, and I mean that by my age or are younger <clears throat> and you start going, oh, the, the ever classic line of, oh, you know, somebody died in their 80s. Oh, how'd they die? They were jumping a Harley over a yeah, No, just... they were 80 some years old. They were 80 some years old. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're Harley jumping. My, uh, my daughter uh, uh, said that, um, you know, everybody, in, it, she said she just threw this out when we were, uh, I was dropping her off at UCLA. And she, and she goes on the way she goes yeah you know it's really weird everybody in the family thinks that you, you're going to go up in flames or, or something you're going to die in a huge <laughs> car wreck or something like that and she says but you know what that's not what's going to happen you're going to die in your sleep and they go well, what the hell do you mean i'm going to die in my sleep and she goes well because <laughs> i'm going to kill you <laughs> no, she, she goes because because the one thing that i know about you is you never do what anybody thinks you're going to do so like oh, okay, I'll die in my sleep. All right, Nick. Since you won't tell me a Chuck Russell story, will you tell me a James Cameron story? No. <laughs> it's, well, here, no. here. I've got, I've got a question. I've got to ask. Oh, hold on now. Hold oh wait, 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 wait. I'll, I'll just incriminate myself in those guys' eyes. I don't, you know, they're not easy to work with. That's all I'm going to say about it. Well, buddy, you're not the only one. Do you know there's a reason why I jumped from Chuck Russell to James Cameron? <laughs> I clearly knew because you're going through your list of assholes and picking your favorites. Is that it? You've been picking. Wait, you've been picking your asshole. I've been exactly. (laughs) Joe's been picking his assholes. Credit enough (laughs) that you see that that was. I mean, uh, a connection. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, we've talked to several people that have had James Cameron. Which one of these things um, is not like the other one. <laughs> about to tell, we've got several James Cameron stories, but even as low rent as we are, they're all after we push stop on the record and they go, all right, there's, got a few minutes. Let me tell you, James Cameron. There, actually, there's one exception to that. Didn't we get one that was on air that happened to be a certain, uh, to, to uh, Mick's earlier point, happened to be someone that worked on the mechanical side of things. And he talked about having to be a horse for James yeah, Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. All that negative. man called him. horse. Well, Beans is Beans is the man. Who obviously, fucks horses. That's just a guy got screwed in the ass, right? Uh, no, I mean no, but he he did get set on. Anyway, the point being, I, the the question I wanted to ask is, <laughs> Nick, I, as somebody that grew up in a certain time frame, I have to ask about your work as a producer on the Dare movie. Why? <laughs> because well, that was shoved well, down you... my throat for over for I, I don't know when did Dare that was start so earlier? short and like it's just another project you know yeah that's why but i mean how how do you go from making monsters well i guess it's a different monster but how do you go from <laughs> one to being the supervising producer on on really what was an anti-drug 30 minute message yeah it's uh well it's 30 it was was it 30 minutes I don't uh, 20 uh, was I don't know. I, I don't remember. Wasn't that I don't remember it being very long, but uh it's just a thing with Matt Williams, the San Francisco Giants. That was after I had left LA. I'd moved up north and I was uh I was doing just about anything I could get my hands on. So you, you know? dared to do dare. I dared to do dare. Yeah. Mick, when are you gonna do your anti-drug? He lives it every day. I was going to say, look at this. No, he doesn't. I love the glasses, by the way. Are those new? Look, look you know what? I, 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 I'm out on the street, obviously. Uh, I, I'm wearing uh, throwaway dollar glasses. Yeah. Uh, I haven't shaved in I haven't shaved in ages, and uh, and I'm I'm wearing a thrift store shirt in order to keep myself warm. What do you think? <laughs> I think you should don't do, do drugs. whatever drugs Mick does. Yeah, That's don't. the message. <laughs> this is this is your brain on Mick. <laughs> well, all right. I'm trying to get some stories out of you. So here, oh well, get the hammer well, back. Hold on. So, did you guys reconnect later when you started doing the convention circuit? Were you guys close for a while? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I think it was two, 2015 or 16, right around the time Mick was starting to write his book and had Blake working with him. Uh-huh. And uh, I asked both Blake and Mick to come out to Vegas to, a, I think it was called Sin City Halloween, something like that. Yeah, that's right. Sin City. Yeah. Because they want to do induct Mick into the Hall of Horror here. They've got he, there's a guy named Paul Casey that curates the the Hall of Horror here. It's like a little Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, he inducted Mick and I, Mick, myself, and Blake all in the same year. And you know who else was there? Oh, let's see, the Lugosi? Um, no, no, uh, um, Chuck Russell. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Both of the Michael Myers stuntmen, the one that just died. Oh, he was there. Um, um, I forgot their names. 
There's okay. so many of them. They could just be dying for years and years and years. And, and well, <laughs> that one's a little slightly less complicated than the Friday the 13th ones where the, oh, he was the one that got the credit in the movie, but I was actually the guy that played him during the whole time. And that gets right. complicated through all those movies as well. <laughs> if I've had a quarter for every time I've heard that and doing a panel. I, I have thought to myself that, that the fact the fact that there are so many horror films that have people in rubber masks around and that there are so many people that have worn those masks are the reason that you can have multiple horror cons going throughout America at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. A friend of ours, Todd Farmer, is a friend of the show. And Mick, you we've uh, I've tried to introduce you guys before, he's a screenwriter. And he he actually regrets not putting himself because he's also an actor of not uh, donning the mask because he would do so many more conventions because it's just nobody. And this is a problem I get into because a lot of times I want to meet directors and writers and production designers and artists and special makeup. And they just sometimes fans, they literally could not care less about who wrote the screenplay. All right. Silence. I mean, I've been, out, I, I, I have been out there trying to push to get other people that that work in the films, you know, out, you know, uh, it's, it's to just, go, get into the conventions and get around. And it's really hard. It sucks. And because a lot of them have fantastic stories, like you guys have fantastic stories. And this is the thing that we've been, I mean, this is going to be episode 257, 258. It's been over doing over five years. And that's on top of the convention work that we've done. But the one thing that I know over all this time is that a lot of actors and actresses, they may have some decent stories, but a lot of times they're in their fucking trailer <laughs> when the movie is being made. Yeah. Right. And the, when the shit goes down and all the that the people who are actually making all the, all the funny shit that goes down is all yeah. happening while all they're in their trailer. There is there is always there is always so much more stuff going on in 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 our world than their world. And, and that, that was the reason that I had to write that book was yeah. just, just to give you a glimpse of what it's like behind it. Yeah. All right. So Nick, you got a good story about Vincent Price and dead heat. I do. Oh shit. Here we go. I do. I do. <laughs> that's, Joe that's one Joe that doesn't if, come up very often either. So that's, that's really cool that you asked me that. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if oh, Joe hadn't stepped on my feet, I was getting ready to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, well, totally that's probably know. one of the only times that I totally like had to contain the fanboy. Because, you know, being, being a kid growing up, seeing him on every single film that I loved, um, it was very surreal to be in an environment where he was coming in to get a life cast from us. <laughs> And uh, so, so this is gonna this is gonna be like a couple stories combined into one because it's all one like continuous, please series of events. So, where uh, Steve Johnson and um, Todd Masters are sharing a shop at the time when we were doing Dead Heat, <clears throat> and I'm I, I came in for the day, and I know we all knew that Vincent was going to come in that day for his life cast. Um, and everybody was kind of geeked out. I mean, everybody really was. Everybody loves him. Uh, and I expected a very different man than, than who came because he's very, you know, very established, very long film career. Um, but we were all kind of making jokes, though. The whole, you know, it's all sunny out. It's nice, really nice day in 
in, I believe it was Burbank or Sun, Sun Valley, somewhere in there, somewhere in the Tri-Cities area. <laughs> and uh, so we're, we're waiting for him to show up, just doing other stuff and um, kind of joking around about, oh, well, watch, you know, he'll pull up in a big black car. The skies are going to go dark. The lightning's going to start to start raining. <laughs> all of this shit, all these kind of jokes, we're just slinging them around. And literally about five minutes before his car pulled into the driveway, it starts to rain. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, oh. Which shit. it does out there all the time. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, the car pulls in. I didn't really see what they were driving, but but I remember his entourage around him bring, bring him into the shop. And Steve's kind of like, you know, everybody keep away from him because I don't want everybody crowding him and, you know, whatever. So everybody kind of minds their business and he comes in and they're talking to him about what they're going to do. And, and uh, he starts, you know, meeting all the people around the shop. And, uh, you know, he kind of like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that. I was still pretty new in the business. So I didn't want to like rush him and be like, oh, hey, I'm a fan. And I really wanted to meet him, but I just thought, oh, this isn't going to happen because they're kind of keeping him away and they, they've got things to do trying to be professional. But Vincent stops. He hadn't met everybody in the shop and he literally stops, makes eye contact with me and beelines towards me and extends his hand and shakes my hand and says, hi, I'm Vincent. And I just thought, what a nice man, because I'm in the back corner of the shop. He made his way to me. I didn't do any of that. And I actually I didn't really have anything for him to sign, but I, I had this book with me that I was reading. And I just was like, would you sign that? Please <laughs> sign this fucking book for me. But I couldn't believe what a nice man he was. And um, it was just, he was so welcoming and so like enamored of what we do. It was really pretty cool. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's like really hard to contain the fanboy. Because um, inside I was screaming like a little girl. <laughs> but uh Anyway, so kind of fast forward a little bit. We we prep him, we sit him down, we get get all the stuff ready to do this life cast. And um, I think I was getting all the bandages ready for the for the outside shell. And I remember, I think it was Todd, Steve, and I think Bill Forsh, and maybe Mike Smithson that were all doing his life cast. And I remember. And we were, we, we were, we would fuck with everybody. Like you get them in that, in that cast, you know, you, and then start putting the bandages on them. We draw like eyes on the outside of the shell, <laughs> stupid faces. and shit. Of course. So We would always do stuff like so that. common. <laughs> so we wound up doing like, you know, doing his life cast, doing that. And then like, we're ready to get him out of the life cast. And they're like, Mr. Price, Mr. Price, can you do this? And they're like, he's kind of limp. He just goes limp. He goes completely limp. And then, <laughs> then they start going, oh, God, I hope we didn't kill him. <laughs> so they're trying to get him out of it. And he had he had literally fallen asleep. But the but the guy started to think maybe they killed him. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Like he had just fallen asleep. He had gotten so relaxed because that stuff gets warm. Yeah. And he had literally gotten so relaxed and he just fell asleep. Think of how many times he had to do something like that. Oh, oh yeah. 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 It wasn't like his first rodeo, that's for sure. So yeah. he was probably just like, okay, I know what this is. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> well, 
I tell you, Nick, every time, and Chad and James know this because Vincent is one of our heroes, We anybody that we've ever had on the show that's even came within, as we say in the in Kentucky, a country mile of him, we always ask. Courtney Joyner and Jeff Burr and Mick. Yeah. Jeff with Burr, him. I was going to say, Jeff Burr worked with him quite a bit. A whisper to a scream, and then they both, and Courtney told the better of the story just because it was more, a little longer about going to their house and, and just begging him to be whisper to the scream to the wraparound segments. And basically is. It wasn't dark. It smelled like bread. It smelled wonderful. He was in there yeah. baking, <laughs> cooking the whole time. Yeah, and he's a, he was a fantastic human being. Like he just yeah. such a presence. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious for both of you. Is there anybody else? And Mick, I'm sorry if I've asked you this question before, but I don't remember asking. Is there anybody else that you guys have gotten a little starstruck about? You know, you know, I find everybody around me is uh, starstruck by Freddie, by uh, Freddie and, and Robert England. And, mm -hmm. and I have to tell you, I first of all, when I first met Robert, uh, he was on, on, we were doing prep on Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And we were still working in, in the studio and stuff. And, and like this electrician, at the end of the day, like, uh, like the electricians are leaving the building and there's this electrician in this jacket you know right. uh, leaving the building and and really i wasn't familiar with the nightmare on the streets at all i just all i had was seen the first and the second literally in a screen room by the company right by new line cinema and uh and and so the uh this this at the the big door you know like like uh the doors are are just like uh, uh like warehouse doors you know yeah. big doors everybody's walking out through them and this guy in the jean jacket, you know, which is he's obviously one of the electricians, is walking out, and and um, uh, and somebody comes up to him and says, uh, uh, "Oh, sir, uh, my son's been having trouble with dreams," and I'm and I'm overhearing this. I'm having trouble with dreams, and, and I, I I thought that uh, I wanted to introduce him to you, right? And I was like, <laughs> "Well, what the fuck is that electrician doing? God damn it, you know?" and it's a little, so the electrician gets down and 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 uh, and signs a, a a thing for him and and talks to the kid and 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 shows shows him like his piece of like little uh, what I thought was insulation. Yeah, <laughs> and I had no fucking idea what was going on. And finally, I went up afterwards and and they left and I went up and I went, "Who are you?" <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, I'm uh, hi, I, I'm I'm Robert, right?" And then, and then, not long after that, you know, I, I uh, it wound up that we became really good friends. And, and after a while, eventually, I introduced him to his wife, Nancy. So, so yeah, you know, that's it was a, a, an inauspicious beginning you know, to that relationship. I bet. I guess you've told that story a hundred times, but you've never told me that you introduced him to his wife. Yeah. Well, there you go. It was actually on um, Frankenstein: The College Years. You know, my magnum opus. Uh, <laughs> and 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 she was working as my set decorator oh yeah and 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 robert comes by and was hanging out on set and, and i introduced them oh all right well you notice how neither none of the three of us have uh, asked you any nightmare on m street questions i noticed that you're welcome <laughs> i know i noticed that bitches you're welcome <laughs> I mean, I know you guys just getting bombarded with the same. What what movie, Nick, do you get asked about the most? I'm assuming, Mick, you get asked about Nightmare the most. 
Uh, no, uh, actually, uh, uh, Lawrence Bimbinic, uh, uh the Lawrence Bimbinic story uh, is, uh, <laughs> or, 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 or it, which is actually subtitled the cal- the the uh, calendar uh, girls cop. So that's that's the one that I get the most questions on. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Which one? Which one of the, which one of the movies that you work on that most people are most interested in? It's it's really hard to answer that because. I was very fortunate in that a lot of the films I've worked on, you know, still are very relevant to people. And I had no clue that they even would be. Well, that's what, right. Right. (laughs) Well, Mick talked about the same thing. What, and Mick, do you remember the answer you gave me of, of all the shit you worked on, Mick, what are you surprised about being asked? Do you remember the answer? Uh, I don't know. Which one did I say? Critters two. Critters two. Yeah. Critters two. Surprised the hell out of me, you know it's, that there's. I hey, you know what? I I've got one for you. I just posted just the other day. I posted something about my my wife started to watch a house. Yeah, one of my granddaughters, <laughs> right? Yeah. Seriously, now this happened. So they're down they're they're down there and they're watching house. And I walk by and I go, oh, I I I walked on. I worked on that. I did the mechanical effects on that. And and uh and I just. I just pulled it up and and and, and uh, just sort of uh, put that story out. I couldn't believe, man. I mean, I, I think like eighty people replied. You know, that's <laughs> my favorite film, and da da da. Yeah. And I, and then I realized, and 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 I'm not credited on either one. Um, but uh, no, I didn't know it till you posted about it. I we didn't. But, yeah, I didn't know you were in the house. Well, here's the weird thing. You and. and Nick can bear this out. Nick, how many things are you really credited on as opposed to how many things you actually did in the eighties? Oh God. Very few. It's yeah. It's, but, but, but again, like what I think a lot of fans don't really know or understand is that the technology's changed so much. Like when, when Mick and I were in the thick of it, everything was shot in film. Right. So it's cost money to put on a, put on a, on a film, you know, it costs money. Yeah, and li- literally credits would cost, you know, uh, like like today, it, it seems like uh, like the the guy who uh, uh, the guy who cleaned the bathrooms uh, yeah. <laughs> gets a credit, and and you know what, I, I have no problem with that. Doesn't make any difference to me, uh, but I, I, you know, I those pages and wasn't pages that the and honey pages. wagon credit on the <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> honey anyway, wagon. yeah that's 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 just not that's just not the way that it was i mean you know you, you worked on shit you worked on shit and i remember that uh people would say people would say this said, you know i'm actually going to get a credit on this film yeah. right you know and you go, that was a thing yeah yeah was that a was a big deal. thing was well i'm gonna i'm gonna get a credit on this yeah. film and uh and 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 me i got a lot of my credits uh, just a little bit later on, I got a lot of my credits on the front of the film, but the the reality is that uh, I would I would work. Let me give you an example of what a day was like. Uh, there in, in the in the mid '80s, I would go over uh, and work on Ouija board. I remember I, I remember one day in particular that in the morning I threw an axe on Ouija board, right. And um, and basically that was a wire pull uh, to to hit Connie Connie Katane in the head. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, by the way, it's called it's it's more commonly referred to as witchboard now. So, <laughs> well, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. When we were shooting, it was called Ouija board, and then it was called Witchboard because... Thank you for not telling me to go fuck myself. I appreciate that. Um, Hello, boys. Hold on. Go fuck oh, yourself, Chad. I don't want you to feel left out. I don't give a shit if well, it's from you. If it's Mick or Nick, I'd be That explains devastated. the short handle. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, is short what, what I, would do, I would work in the morning. I would pull that axe in the morning. And yeah. then, and then, uh, and then I'd drive across town and, oh, oh, Chad, go fuck yourself. Uh, and then I would go across town and, uh, and, and I would work at, at, I remember doing a rain gag on the Kindred, yeah. uh, at, at, at night, you know, and that was a really good day because you bring in like, like two different, uh, two different dailies. And for some reason back there, I remember that it was, it was like a hundred dollars a day. So <laughs> You could hardly live on that. So yeah. what you would do is you would do a hundred dollars a day, and a day was whatever they needed for you for. If it was a if it was a one day deal, they would you know you. So you know you you would wind up. Uh, I would uh, wind up you know axing tonic cutane and doing a, 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 a lightning storm at night. And I remember the way that we used to do the lightning back then was so cool. <laughs> These days they have a light, uh, a light that uh, that makes lightning, right? Yeah. In fact, yeah. in fact, these days a lot of different lights actually do lightning, right? You know, uh, uh, with LEDs and stuff like that. But back then, the way that you did it is you got a welder, you know, like yeah. an old style welder, and you'd get two carbon rods, and you go down to Trias Sciences, you get yourself a big box of carbon rods, and you would take and you would. Like a giant fucking Jacob's ladder. Uh, that's that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And the thing is, is and the weird thing about it is, is you were always doing it in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> so it would it would be you'd be soaked. You'd be in your like slickers, right? You know, in California, in your slickers at night, you would have a a welder, a two twenty welder down here like this next to you, and then you take these two carbon rods, you put them up up over your hand head like a god, right? shut your eyes and you put the you tap the two rods together <laughs> and it would look like like that and that was that was your lightning and that I remember, is insane oh no absolutely it's no don't think it's insane because it's the fucking coolest thing that you can do in i'm life. sure it is i, I was it, waiting for you to actually say mick i wanted you to say what we used to have to do is we'd have to go down into the valley and find a virgin to sacrifice <laughs> to make the gods give us the lightning that's the only way that story could have been cooler no 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 that's a different type of gag <laughs> But, 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 you know, the, the problem is, is we always had to import our virgins. It was LA, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were few and far between. <laughs> but, but I remember you, you I, I remember I was, I was working. In fact, the, the very day that I did the thing with Tony Katane and that, that night I was doing the, the yeah. lightning that I almost got killed by an ambulance that comes up, that comes up the road. And, and, uh, of course it was in funky condition like like every vehicle that you see that's a that was a car back then that yeah. you had to use was really in the worst possible condition <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh listen picture cars were the worst right and i was so, just gonna say picture cars <laughs> bad memories so, of picture cars oh my god me. <laughs> oh my god picture picture cars were were things that like literally sat out in the heat right for like three months with no maintenance, no nothing whatsoever. And 
all of a sudden they get would would get rented for three or four days and it's like half the time the brakes wouldn't work oh, or yeah. or they wouldn't run or they're like the fucking windows would roll up the world the down windows were, oh yeah, god it was, it was like just the name picture car in my mind just brings to my oh shit <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's so, funny that that was in my so head this, too this this ambulance comes up and, and it has and the and the actor says no 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 i can do it so he's coming up and and they rehearse it four or five times Nick, tell me if you don't hear the, the problem with this. So we rehearse it four or five times. So you're going to stop right here. The camera's right here. <laughs> right. And the lightning guy is going to be right here. So we can get the lightning over the back of the guy with the camera. I'm up here like this. And then, and then they go, okay, bring on the rain, bring in the ambulance. <laughs> and then I'm like, and I'm not, I swear to God, I'm just standing there as I see everything getting completely soaked, including the gravel road. <laughs> that they're on right and and uh, and i'm doing the lightning and i'm right behind the camera guy and i kind of like you, you know like my, math mm -hmm. can be pretty slow with me sometimes you know but um i was calculating stopping distances <laughs> oh shit and then i would and then as soon as i put in the water factor i went oh fuck we got I'm a right. problem i got a problem <laughs> And I stepped, I just kind of like eased myself aside as the car came through and literally rode <laughs> the, the camera guy was luckily they put, they had him on a dolly and it pushed that dolly back about 30 feet. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, but, but at least it wasn't 30 feet through me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, but that's what a day was like, you know, I mean, you know, you and, just... and you're leaving one important factor out because even, even through all of that, I'm sure the last thing said, was, <laughs> did you get it? <laughs> yeah. Did you get it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do we have to shoot it again? <laughs> did you get it? So, we wrecked so, the ambulance. We almost killed the cameraman. We almost killed the effects gonna, guy. Yeah. But did we get so, it? Somebody get the cameraman a new pair of shorts. <laughs> but that's the move. Uh, yeah, it was. It, I, I got to tell you something. There was nothing quite as dangerous or as illegal going down the road as a film company in LA. Safety third. <laughs> the safety third, no matter what. <laughs> that I've never heard that before, Nick. I'm stealing it. That's <laughs> mix, man. Yeah, that's that's my motto, that's baby. Mix yeah, motto. Never, he's never said that to us before. No, so. never. Well, on Safety this show, it, let it be known that is mix. I I got it from Mick. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I I was asking the other two about some questions, but I, I'm I want to go back to the convention thing because it's obviously important to me, and I know it's important to Mick, and I'm curious about you also, Nick. Uh, Marcus Nispel, and he's a director, and he directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from the early 2000s and the Friday the 13th remake. Mm -hmm. And he did his first convention this weekend, Chicago Days of the Dead. And I've, we're, I don't, we're not friends. We're just social media friends. And I've tried to get him to do the show before, but he wrote a love letter. He did his first convention. He'd been avoiding it for years and talked about just how fantastic the fans were. Some of the most, the best questions he's ever gotten about his movies and how it, he couldn't believe that basically he put it off this long and what had been missing. I'm curious to know about good and bad, how you all feel about doing these movie and film and horror conventions. It's a big question. Uh, 
I, I, I like I, I like them a lot. I, it, it's funny. When I first started going to conventions, absolutely nobody knew who I was. And and it actually uh, became something of a uh, of a quest <laughs> in a way to go out and and get on enough podcasts and and get you know mm-hmm. uh, get out in groups and speak in front of people and stuff like that until they started to know uh, who I was and it, it and and it, it it took quite a while and then it, but but there's always something about just seeing people's because I'm I don't even know that I'm a fan of horror films <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I'm a fan of making full horror. This is the horrible thing. I'm 100% sure that I'm not as much of a fan of horror films as I am a fan of making horror films because I understand them intrinsically. I, right? get, I understand that. And, and the thing is, is uh, <clears throat> I, I'll give you a perfect example because Nick actually saw this. There was a guy that was walking along and he had, the, uh, he had this uh, uh, chainsaw uh from um leatherface right leatherface, yeah mm-hmm. and and he's walking by and this thing must have cost like three grand right oh my I, God. I think he said it was it that was, was a, like to a t replica it was, it was a perfect replica replica of the yeah. big one with the you know the saws family yeah. and all the rest on it yeah. and he just happens to be walking by and i go hey man i can tell you all kinds of stories about that chainsaw and, and and he turns around and, and what was funny is every time he turned around he just about killed seven or eight people so big and i and i went into why why we built the saw that way and with the set and, and all the rest and that guy was so excited <laughs> and i i was like wow it, it's it, it's just interesting for me to be able to uh tell somebody about something that i know you know behind the scenes story that nobody else knows i mean it, it was like when i wrote the book about nightmare on elm street 4 the thing is is you you could go look at the credits look at all the guys who wrote books about nightmare on elm street i mean yeah. that terror the terrible one uh never sleep again right uh-huh. yeah that's that's a perfect example of a lame way to do it because all the stories and stuff were kind of from you know the the dp and the director or or, or the stars on up right yeah, they didn't yeah. really they they didn't really cover the meat of any one given show exactly and and, and the thing is is I, I i i love being able to have somebody come by and, and and i can give you these like meaty things and for some reason i've been i've worked on so many shows that are still in the zeitgeist you know which i didn't even know it seven years ago i yeah. i didn't know that anybody remember any of this shit <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, go ahead. I, I, so no, and I, I don't want I want Nick to answer too, but <clears throat> you know it was kind of like uh, I've told this story before. Um, but uh, I was in Florida for the scare the first scare fest that Mick was at, and I was driving home, and Joe's like, "Can you get here? I've got this guy Mick Strawn. He's going to do the show." He interrupted my conversation with Robert England. Nick, I will tell yeah. you the story later off air. Yeah. Of how and I'm your body. so I, I was like looking up Mick on my phone while my wife was driving and I'm like, holy crap, I've got to talk to this man. He's done so much that I am just interested in. And I got to, and you know, I got, I got back in time to talk to Mick and hear his stories. And I was just overwhelmed by the information he was telling me. 
And then, you know, as we've got to know each other these last, what, three, four years, he's told us stories that I can't, obviously I can't repeat and we won't repeat here. And I'm just sitting there like eating, we were eating tacos and I'm just sitting there going, oh my God, I'm just amazed <laughs> by all these stories. And, 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 and the other story I will tell is, you know, after talking to Mick and, and Mick got us going with interviews for our show. And I, I will always be eternally grateful for everything that he, he threw our way. Amen. But, you know, I got to the point where I was doing what Mick just said. I was actually looking at some of my favorite movies and going to the credits because these are the stories I like to hear. I like talking to you guys and hearing the background stories of how these movies were made because I am a true movie geek. I love the inner workings. Like you said, going through all those buffaloes, I'm in, in my head picturing going, God, I wish I was there doing that. Because <laughs> I would have just loved to have been there. But uh, the funny story I'll say about that is I was going through the credits and I kept looking for people and I'm like, oh, I want to talk to this person. And I, the only way I could track them down for the for, for first was through Facebook. And sure enough, every time I find somebody, they were friends with Mick and I had to keep going to, I, and I don't know if Mick remembers, <laughs> I had to keep going to him. I'm like, Mick, I am That's not trying to steal from your Facebook group. I just, they just keep being your friends. I'm not trying to do this. Well, I connected you guys. I've connected you guys to as many people as possible. And then after yeah. a while, it Mick is Mick of, is trying for that record like Kevin Bacon, the six. Yeah, yeah that's Bacon. right. Yeah, six or seven degrees the, of Mick. Yeah, the uh -huh. ten degrees I, of Mick Strong. Now we, can never, we can never pay him back, but don't tell him. Well, yeah, that's always head. <laughs> the problem is, is is whereas uh, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon is is like driving on a freeway and picking a set of off ramps mine is like going down a dirt road and 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 running and and having to jump out and, and jump into a sketchy house and going hey is that guy in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think like i said that's one of the highlights of this doing this show is i actually got to go to um a guy who makes props um michael moore i got to go to his studio where he makes the props and him letting me hold like star trek props oh great yeah in right? my hand and I'm just like, oh, and you know, Michael's just like, yeah, this is what it is. I'm like, you okay. know, he had, he had two big bags. Okay. You, you, it, you, you, you just picked the right person. Now yeah. look over, look it over Nick. Okay. Nick, tell him. Tell him what? Tell, tell <laughs> him you redid the uh, Star Trek, uh, the, the lighting on the um, ship. Oh, on the, yeah. On the ship model. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah, I did, I did restoration work on uh, the the Enterprise that was in Star Trek Six. Ooh, oh, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, um, it was it was really cool project, but um, sadly, I'm not allowed to show any of it anymore. Oh, oh you can't even talk is about that, it. Well, I don't know how much I can talk about it. I don't. It's 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 it it ended badly. They still owe me money. They they decided they weren't going to pay me. So that, that's kind of a bitter thing. The one thing I can do is I can show it like portfolio stuff to other potential work. But that's ah. that's it. Well, I, I was thinking that's of hiring you. Uh, so I want to see fucking pictures, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have on my phone. Bonehead well, that, budget. Don't that, uh, but what that's not it? the first time I've heard of Paramount not necessarily doing what they were supposed to do. Oh, it's so not this. Paramount. It's it, it was uh, sold to a collector and Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it was like, you know, it was like he had that same <laughs> mentality you guys have of it's just it's just work. It's just but he had these two big bags in yeah. like you walked into a studio and he had these two big bags. And they were massive. 
and you know, we went through the tour. He, he showed me things. I got to play with things. Then we just kind of sit down in the lobby and just talk. I said, I had to go, Mike, what is those, those bags over there? He goes, Oh, those bags. He goes, uh, you ever watch star Trek and you know, you know, you look out the window, you see all the stars, right? Right. It's like, yeah. He goes, that's the cloth of the stars. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the same one they've used from next generation on. And I keep it. And I'm like, I, and I'm like, I was, and he's going to sell little bits of pieces. Like, he's like, I, nobody cares about that. I'm like, dude, open it. I want to see the stuff. <laughs> I know it's just felt with a little glitter on it or glass shards, but I'm like, but see, look, it's, it's guys like you that like make doing these conventions worthwhile for us. Yeah, like so that's, that's so the true. reason, like all this stuff was just work to us for the longest time. And we're the guys in the background that nobody really necessarily gave a shit about. Right. Now, all of a sudden, with the advent of all of these conventions, like fans go deep, man. They look for us. They, you know, they look for the guys that did that stuff in the background. They want to know who did it. They want to know the stories. And it's more relevant now than it ever has been. And it's, I'm, I'm it's actually kind of a recent, it. it's a recent thing. I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's uh, like when I started and nobody knew me and, and, and I kept pounding on what the stories were like behind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like I feel like that part of I, you all can be attested. I feel like a lot of the times with movies that are more successful nowadays, you know, the big movie studios, I don't feel like there's going to be a whole lot of stories there because you don't have the guys in the weeds like you. It's mostly computers and and you know green screen and things like that. It's <laughs> a lot of it's gone. Well, you know, a good example of it though is is it's a legal problem now. Yeah, uh, like yeah, I, NDAs. I, th I think I was going to say most of the things that I have done since 2005 or 2006 and i was still really active from 2006 up to 2013 and those days are a hole in my resume i mean i i can't i can't talk about all that stuff yeah. i mean it's uh it, it and and the more and more i see about uh, uh modern films especially the bigger films you don't hear any of the background stuff no of, of the bigger films now at all and it's because you, you you've already they, they want to hold on to it because they yeah. want to release it because yeah now they ha, it's have content to it. them yeah so they, see they'll tell the story the way they want to that's right yeah. it's right. all robert robert downey jr talking about how exactly i'm <laughs> like i don't care <laughs> exactly right. yeah, i yeah. mean look at look at 90 percent of disney's all the behind the scenes stuff they do it's very yeah. controlled yeah they they only allow who they want on camera on camera so like you know because it's, it's kind of funny. You don't like, get all those those guys down in the down in the trenches. Honestly, honestly, I don't think I signed an NDA. I think in 2005 I start I started signing NDAs. <laughs> I think the only one that I had signed before that was when I worked on um, a Michael Jackson uh, video. Moonwalker thriller. N no, the, uh, the bad the, the the big world one. You know, with the Cleopatra oh. and all that. Black and white, or I'll remember the time. I'll remember, remember the time. time. Yeah, I'll yeah, remember yeah. the time. Yeah, the one done by John Singleton. Yeah, with Lisa and Marie. I I literally signed an NDA that was read to me by a lawyer that took him three hours. Oh shit! In, in, in a room where like ten of us were sitting there, like like we were fucking kids in in school. And, and that's and, three hours you'll never had, get back. <laughs> I never. That's the only thing I can think to myself is I, you know what I, I I'll I'm never get my this time day, back. I'm getting my day rate on this motherfucker. Yeah. That's all I have to say. 
I don't uh, know what's more entertaining that or going to a timeshare salesman. Yeah, oh, I'll be honest. Absolutely, it's a it's an equal draw all the way down the line. <laughs> I'll be honest. I know they did it because it's legal, but three hours. Nobody has attention span for three straight hours. I've had to teach for three straight hours before. Nobody's well, paying attention. Not even me. Oh, absolutely. Well, you, you know, the, the thing is, is there's a certain there's a certain aspect to where the way that the law sets things up doesn't make any sense anymore. I mean, I mean, it does to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not it's just not not a normal human being. Right. So, Nick, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask Nick, if you don't mind going back to the convention thing, can you talk a little bit about your experiences? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you get showered with love and then whatever Mick is showering you with. <laughs> That's why I keep my distance. <laughs> yeah, Mick's just, Mick's just over there doing his Silence of the Lamb reenactment. <laughs> you keep your distance, but I'm sitting here slightly intrigued, but neither the <laughs> no, it's It's all good. Like, you know, I go to these things. I, I like I love doing them. I really do. Do you I really? Love, That's good. Yeah, I do. It's, you know, sometimes the travel's hard and, you know, and, and a lot of the pieces and parts of it, like the moving parts of getting there and arranging things is a pain in the ass. But Sorry. like yeah. when I'm sitting at that table and I get to talk to people and I realize how much whatever I've done has affected them in a deep way, it's, it's really I don't know. It's, it's really kind of a bizarre feeling. It's taken me a couple of years to get used to it, but um, it's, it's really good to know that, that some of the work I've done has affected people that way. I mean, it, it's, it interconnects us. I mean, it really does. Yeah. No, I, it was, it, it just, I, I saw that today and he just wrote this long die and it was very heartfelt as you're reading it, Marcus Nispo. And I thought, yeah, that's it. It's, it's what it's about because for a while we would go to them and, you know, kind of just as fans and then getting behind the scenes has been even better. And to build these communities and these families, where else would I have been able to, <laughs> I mean, he may not consider me, but I mean, I'm pretty sure the boneheads consider Mick Strawn the fourth bonehead kind of in the way. I mean, he's kind of. One no of my- offense, Mick, Mick, no offense, Mick. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a, it's a. So am I part of the bone or half of the head? It depends on the night. <laughs> well, at least he's not being referred to as a dickhead. All right. Well, I know not on I'm, the air. By the way, I've kept you all on here about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, I just want, before we go really quick, do you have another uh, one more one of my favorite characters <laughs> of all time? And this isn't gonna this isn't a negative story. Did you get to hang out with Darren McGavin? Um, other than at Steve's shop, no. Damn it. Not on set. All right. Sorry. <laughs> well, way to kill it, Nick. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I know I'm still shit. running off the well, I will tell you another right dead heat bro. story though, if you want. Okay, to there you go. Oh god, I read please. the room, so, please. So love dead heat. So there's a couple of interesting things, and they're both they're both things that happen in the very beginning of the movie. The two the two um bank robbers. Yeah. So the two bank robber guys, um, I was charged with making their remains, as it were. And uh so one, one of them gets cut out of the movie completely uh, because Treat Williams hits him with a car. Piscopo delivers the line, well, you have the right to remain disgusting, right? 
Right. What that shot was supposed to be was they were to cut to this head that I that I had fabricated on the dummy that they hit. And I had I had made I'd spent a lot of time making it. In fact, is it here? It's back there. It's hang on one second. Let me grab it. Oh, please. Uh, hold please, on. Please, please. Right, well, I know, but he he was crippled a few weeks ago. Are you feeling better? Oh. Right. Two weeks ago. Yeah, when he was at Scarefest. He's been crippled for a year. Oh, I didn't know. Well, I just met him in person the other day. So this oh. is what's left of him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. All right. Yeah, that's cool. That's what's left of him. I'm trying to preserve him because he was really falling apart. But uh, so that that was the head of that first bank robber that Treat Williams runs over with the car. Piscopo kicks the head. There was like a, I had put a resin skull inside to keep his facial features like obvious as, who, as to who he was. We had a wig and some hair work on him. Um, but what happens is, is he kicked, Piscopo kicks his head and it kind of sloshes over. What I had done was put a, I put a weather balloon inside the back of the head to keep the shape. Yeah. But it looked like his fucking brains were liquefied. Like the whole back of his head was crushed. So he kicks it over and it kind of sloshes over like a jello mold and it just looked fucking disgusting. So they cut it out of the film. <laughs> they were like, no, that's, that's, that's too gross. <laughs> so they cut Release it out. the slushy brain cut. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the other bank robber that blows himself up with the, the hand grenade. I mean, you get like, look, I was glad you got to see him because they, you see him cover him up. But that we were shooting in the L.A. County morgue. And I remember the morgue nurse after I think it was I want to say it was Bill Forsh and I were prepping it on the table. We got it all ready to shoot. Got it in place. And I, we, I walked off set and they're setting the camera up or whatever. And I remember the morgue nurse in there going, man, that looks really real. <laughs> <laughs> and that looks really disgusting and i was like thank you thank you <laughs> when you can get to the morgue nurse that is yeah. saying something right that was like the biggest compliment i could get i got the oh, morgue yeah. nurse to say it looked good and she saw it in real life she didn't see it i was gonna oh. say when you can get to the coroner or the morgue people that's, you're good that's you're right good. you're doing good <laughs> Right. Well, why did you keep, why did you hold on to that one particular mask? Actually, that one made its way back to me uh, through Bill Forsh, who was that guy that worked in the shop. Like he's a, he's a wonderful person. And he's like been this huge film historian, even, even since I met him uh, way back in the eighties and he would grab different things, you know, when we go and throw those things away, like Mick and I were talking about, like he'd be the guy that would take stuff home. Mm -hmm. you know, and he'd he'd archive it somewhere i don't know where he was keeping half but i know i know like he had the the vincent price he had uh vincent he, price's life cast from house of wax right and, he and then he, and he also kept <laughs> he also kept the one from dead heat and then uh made these life casts of like young vincent and old vincent together and it, it was really cool but like he he was the guy that cool did that guy. stuff really and that. like uh gosh i don't know how long ago it was but it wasn't it wasn't that long ago maybe six maybe at the most 10 years ago bill shipped that out to me he, he said i have a little surprise package for you i'm gonna send to you and he sends it to me it comes in the mail in a baggie <laughs> i was in a baggie he's like remember that and i'm like oh jesus christ that thing is in terrible shape he's like well it did get kicked around a lot had a lot of blood on it every once in a while he sends me a little face yeah, 
a, a little face and I put magnets on the back and put them on my refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, have ever, a, I have a mini Vincent somewhere here. Yeah, I have mini Vincents. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever stop to think you're probably one of the few people who get to say, yeah, I've had a face delivered to, to me through the mail. That's something <laughs> that, that's part of your life. That's not everybody's life. That's part of your life. Or also, I, like, does anybody else have Joe Piscopo's footprint? Nope. <laughs> Joe, 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 Joe Piscopo, Piscopo was sitting in my VW van one time uh, and uh, we were having a discussion about it. He goes, wow, you've really kitted this thing out. This is really nice. It was like a, like a 67, you know, with the, you know, red, white. 20 minutes later, job. it's like those guys falling out of it in fast time. <laughs> exactly. It's that guy. It was exactly. I had that dad and, uh, it, it, and he would, he would sit and we would talk. In between sets and stuff, uh, at, at when we were doing eight heads in a duffel bag. Oh, yeah. there you go. And uh, and uh, he goes, yeah. He says, I've always wanted wanted these. And I said, well, Jesus Christ, you got enough money, you can get one. And he goes, yeah, but could I be driving this? <laughs> he said, I couldn't. He 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 also. I mean, he says, I'm the guy that smokes a cig. I I smoke a cigarette. Uh, I smoke a cigar in the elevators and, and, and you're the one that points out that I, I, I do that all the time. I don't even have to think about it. I cannot drive a car like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then you all smoked weed and listened to the grateful Dead. <laughs> all right. Before we wrap, Chad has one last question, Chad. All right, Nick, I got to ask. And I, I, you know, I was honestly, I was debating on, do I talk about this? Do I talk about this? But <laughs> Man, I got to see if you have a tremor story. I really don't. Like there's not there's not a lot there. I I was brought on with Kevin Reeder to do the molds for the one to ones and uh and literally make their heads. That's all there was. No, really. And <laughs> that was it. There's not I wasn't on set with those guys. I wasn't puppeteering any of it. We just made we just made the graboids. Oh, but still, way to kill the awesome. room, Chad. No, but still, it's awesome. He made the he made I them. Know, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I that's a that's a pretty popular one for me to sign stuff for. You know, like, yeah, I can imagine having yeah. sign tremor stuff. It's just such a weird movie that gained so much notoriety. It, it it it's one of those. That's definitely one of those ones in the 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 history of, you know, not like it was a huge success when it came of out. cult classics that tremors. Yeah got as much love as it and i don't i loved it as a kid when i first saw it i'm like this is amazing yeah and it, it took me some time to love it but i but i do love it because of the fact that at the time it was made it was literally a monster movie that was completely original yeah, yeah exactly no, it really was yeah so why did it take you so long to love it though i thought it was stupid when it came out <laughs> I, can i be honest i didn't care for it when i was younger either and yeah. probably in the last few years, I thought, oh, it's okay. And it's more, uh, was, it's more of just catching little bits and pieces of the direct-to-video sequels than it's more. Yeah. So I actually haven't went back and rewatched it. And for some odd reason, Reba McIntyre drove me crazy in that movie. <laughs> what changed There's it for some... me was having kids, you know, and, and uh, trying to expose my kids to uh, some of my work. That was, was sa that was a safer option. My, than my wife, I was, I was my 10 wife. years old and loved creature films. Sorry, Mick. Yeah, I was no. like, I was, I loved the movie. I was gonna say, my, my my wife loves it, and I've never been. I I I I worked with that director before. He, yeah, I worked with Ron, the director, uh, and and he gave me the script before it's before he started filming it, and and I didn't, 
I didn't like the script. I just didn't think it was a, uh, and even when I saw the film, I, the thing is, is it, it had uh, Kevin Bacon was great in it. Yeah. And, and I think that very few people in the cast came up to his level. It's almost like he was doing, he was, he was carrying on, it. Yeah. He was, he was working on a different movie than everybody else was. Cause everybody else <laughs> looked like they were, looked like they were doing a really bad uh, TV of the week. Yeah, you know, I will say opinion. that Fred Ward was one of the nicest people. I was going to yeah, say, actually, Fred Ward is, cool. is the nicest guy in the, in the he world. So he really is. Cool. He's a nice guy to be around. But I mean, yeah. the, the acting overall of the was just kind of. Yeah, Marshall, Marshall. Well, see, and that's what I was like. I was that, that was the one thing I was going to disagree with you on is I, I thought Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward playing off one another was excellent. But yeah, I definitely right. agree. Kevin Bacon was going. Like he was going Oscar worthy yeah, performance was, on a he, movie yeah, about there was there was like this huge up and down like <clears throat> who played the survival guy he was a TV Michael actor. Gross Michael, Michael Gross, Gross. Family he Gross. actually owns the whole franchise now Michael does he Gross really? he does he oh my god that. Michael's Gross's acting on the first one was <laughs> just terrible every time he was on screen I was just like oh yeah no no. Kind of twitching kind of thing you know really and now and now that you know what you know that's that's why there's seven of them is because yes. michael wants to produce them and he, everybody, <laughs> and he doesn't never everybody loves gummer yeah there you go <laughs> really wanted to shake that family ties role didn't he <laughs> that'd be real he must have yeah that's right <laughs> i know i had no idea he bought the damn franchise yeah he owns he owns the rights to every all of it huh well there you go yeah. And, and the that, only other person I'll give props on in Tremors is Victor Wong. I'm sorry, Victor Wong. I actually like yeah, Victor Wong's role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's but, but 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 my Michael Gross's role in that was just it just made me twitch when he came on the screen. <laughs> uh, no, it's it. Yeah, no, it was not. It was not good. But he now, he, he he was he was like uh, he was acting by by the foot by the square foot. <laughs> oh look at oh Lucy oh, for you <laughs> gummer's license plate gummer's license plate <laughs> there you go all right all right so of my merch what i'm hearing is is that we're all going to nick benson's house to look through all of his shit there you go <laughs> you can order some of that shit online you know oh! <laughs> well, before i go anything you guys want to plug nick do you want to talk about your online store where they can get it nick benson um Sure. I got it. It's kind of a, it's not under a domain. It's kind of a, it's a square store. So hold on a second. Let me figure out what it is. While you're doing that, Mick, is there anything you want to plug you got coming up? Oh, let's see. I'm going to be in Arizona. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, I'll be in Arizona December 16th. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, come, uh, it's, uh, I'm doing a, a a uh, signings uh, for um, an LGBTQ. Did I get it right? Okay. Uh, um, charity. Yeah. Ch charity, and so uh, uh, that's uh, I'm all for that. And um, yeah, that's 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 where I'll be next. And then um, you know, there's I've got all kind of wow. What is is James, what is actually James talking? doing? He's Sorry, I was gonna say you're gonna be at Winter Horror Fest. Is the Winter name of the Horror Fest. <laughs> 
I looked it up, but I muted myself because Thank I'm you. that good. He was, you were, you were, we were watching your lips move, and I was like, what the hell is he doing? He's whispering. Which is, which is more than my wife has ever done. So, so there I, you go. I'm going to be, I'm going to be at the, win- say it again. Winter said, Horror it, Fest. Yeah, Winter Horror Fest. Winter Horror Fest. You're and, welcome, by the and, way. And and come on, thank you very much, sir. And uh, and they uh, need a moderator. Yeah. Oh yes, and that was uh, that was uh, Nick sent that one my way. So yeah, that uh, she actually, I was the first. Uh, what I, I won't call it celebrity, but I'm the first person she approached, and I'm going to be out of the country, so I couldn't be there. Where are you going? I'll be in Mexico. Oh. Okay. Say no more. Say no more. Is that a movie? Are we on a movie? No, no. It's just a it's a family holiday thing. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. We'll have fun. So, real quick, Nick, how how can they get a hold of your store? So the store is nick-benson.square.site. Okay. All right. And you have things that they can sign, things they can buy. Yeah, things they can buy signed, or they can even get a virtual signing if they want it, or just all kinds of weird things, puzzles, mugs. Burt Gummer's license plate, <laughs> plus all the same posters I usually bring with me to, to shows. So Is Lisa Wilcox doing your marketing for you? Yes. As a matter of fact, she is. I'll bet she is. <laughs> she keeps wanting to do it for me. She I had like, a big influence I, in that. That's for sure. I, I, I know. She she says, Mick, you should be doing this. You should be doing this. And, you should be doing this. And, 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 and all the time I'm backing away, you know, <laughs> oh, I have to go see my dog. Yeah. Now. Nick, you also have something else coming up. I'm pretty sure you are starting your own pro- podcast of Project Louder. Me? Yeah. Yes. I I, I'm sorry if you did. If I'm not allowed to talk about it, I'll cut it out. No, no, it's fine. I, I, I am. I've uh, thanks to Mick and and Mick's connection to TJ and having me on a few times. Um, TJ and I have developed a, a, a new podcast that I've actually been kind of working on for the better part of two years. and it's uh it's kind of all enveloping of music film art uh my guests are very different and what it's about is really about my guests Mm -hmm. so um like i've got i've got anything from a, a full band to individuals and we get to the core of who they are and what they're about what led them down this path so it's called it's called hypodermic there you go. All right, cool. And they can find Hyperdermic on projectlouder.net. There you go. Just wanted to give you a quick and Mick, you're still doing your Oh, uh yeah, uh, um Dream Warrior review. Got it. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, thank you all so much for coming on the show. Mick, always a pleasure. Nick, a wonderful time. Thank you for giving your time. I know you're busy and I appreciate you fitting us in right before Thanksgiving. I think, I think you Absolutely. know that I love everybody on the screen here. I know. Well, <laughs> I'll I'm see you push, guys. I'll push stop and that'll be it. All right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Take care. Grrrr. <sniffs>